Want to have safe kinky sex? Make sure you make your way over to AdamEve.com. Adam and Eve has over 12 million satisfied customers worldwide. Everything from the newest vibrators to classic movies. When you're on AdamEve.com, make sure to enter in the promo code HUSH50. That's H-U-S-H-5-0 to get 50% off almost any one item and free shipping. Do I need to say that again? Free shipping. Make sure you have your kinky, safe sex needs satisfied by visiting AdamEve.com. Sex, dating, relationships, and all things kept on the hush. Welcome to Hush, the podcast that brings you the shit you love to hear. Let's slide into the episode. Dropping that sexiness for your ears as we enter another volume of Hush. tuning into Hush. My name is Kim, and I'm very excited to bring you my guest, Ann Bell, today. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Hi, Kim. Thank you for having me. Um, as you said, my name is Ann Bell, and I am a love coach. It's what I do. So what does that all entail? You know, it's Everybody, you know, I've been a massage therapist for 25 years, and this is how I do my love coaching and my massage therapy business. Everything is customized, whatever, because we're also individual, and we all have different needs and questions and concerns. So basically, I let my client tell me what they need, and then we go from there, specifically. It can be dating, it can be sex, it could be uh, menopause. I mean, there's so many different aspects to what I do. Um, I do try to guide myself for women to have better sex. That's where I like to take it, where my specialty is. But that's kind of what I do. What inspired you to become a love coach? I think... What inspired me is I've always been the type of massage therapist who's had conversations on the table. I don't seem to get clients that just want to totally relax. So I've been coaching on the table for 25 years. And then when the pandemic hit and I had to shutter my business, I said to myself, oh my, what happens if this happens again? And I'm getting toward the tail end of my massage business. So I said, let me forward think a little bit. Um, You know, I've been a life coach since 2012. What would I like to specialize in? And I said, I really want to talk about sex. I really want us to start having better sex. So I became certified in uh, love coaching relationship. And I became... um, certified master sex part <laughs> those are all just uh nice titles for i like to talk about sex 
I got involved in it. So when you said, this is what I want to do, did you receive any support from friends and family about it? Yes. They were all like, oh, that's perfect for you, Anne. That's really, that's right up your alley. Because I, I don't mind having these conversations. I've had a lot of conversations one-on-one um, with women about sex. And I said to myself, well, if there's this many people that have concerns, why not do it in a bigger format? Um, I just feel that there's um, a lack of education and people are thirsty for knowledge. And I think they're thirsty for conversation about it. Somebody's got to do it. Why not me? I love that. I totally agree. I feel like there's a lot of taboo, a lot of censorship. Um, It's just a a topic still, which surprises you because you see it in the media. Like, sex is saturated in, like, TV, music, movies, and still it's a conversation that people are hesitant to have. Yes, and especially with themselves, with their partner. Um, uh, uh, I just, I'm amazed at the roadblocks that are there. And I think it's, you know, society. I think it's our childhood. I think it's our religious beliefs. I think there's a, a, a many factors that go into this that keep us disconnected from our sexuality. So I'm kind of curious, before you um, embarked on this path and became certified, were you having these discussions with friends and family beforehand? Yes, friends, family, uh, clients. I was just kind of amazed at what people, you know, what they wanted, what they were doing, and where they wanted to take themselves, but really didn't have a clue about it, especially some of the more taboo stuff, as we call it. And, you know, taboo, there's the word itself that sets off um, alarm bells for people. So there, I feel there's different levels. I had a friend say to me when we were talking about it, um, what's erotic to you? And he said, it could be somebody once told me a partner having sex with the lights on was erotic. And we kind of, him and I kind of laughed about it, like, wow, it's so basic for some, and, you know, that's an opinion, but it can go from that to all the way to, you know, kinky sex. So it, it really is very personalized what you think is taboo and erotic. And now my curiosity is, how did you venture into exploring erotic play and bringing those discussions with your clients? Um, because of the questions I was getting. You know, my clients were, a lot of them, they'll say, oh, we live vicariously through you, whatever I'm doing. And I'm like, don't live through me. Live through you. You could be doing this, too, if this is what your erotic, where your eroticism takes you. You know, it's just not um, through me. So then I was like, hmm, you know, they have questions. They are having concerns. So I said to myself, hmm, here is some good information.
you know, I can relate to that. Um, I have a friend, he's going through a divorce, and it's a whole new ball game when it comes to dating and, and sex. And before I entered into the relationship that I'm in now, he and I would talk openly and have these discussions. And I shared some of my experiences with him. And he's always been intrigued by what I've done sexually. And it's nothing, to me, it's nothing like too wild. You know, I've interviewed porn stars on this show. I've interviewed some really kinky couples. And I feel like I'm still pretty vanilla. But it's just amazing. It's just like the way you said, there are different levels to the kinks. And uh, he's mentioned that too, like living vicariously through me. And I feel the same way as you do, though. Like, but you can try this as well, you know? (laughs) And it's giving, and it's instilling in people. It's almost like I feel I give people permission. Well, why don't you go and try this and come back and tell me what you feel about it? And then they, they get very excited. Okay, I will. And it's interesting because I had a mentor in my early 30s that would do that with me he was a dear friend and he would say to me go try this and it wasn't just always sexually it was other things in my career my life why don't you go try it and come back and tell me about that and i realized that i've been mentored most of my adult life with this um so it really does help when you have someone who can coach you mentor you and say okay let's make this plan this is what you would like to try how do you think you could go and accomplish that and it's really just feeding ideas off of each other and what their comfort level is it's really quite cool honestly to tell you to watch a person blossom i've watched my own self these last 30 years watch me blossom as a person as a sexual being and now it's really really exciting to watch my clients go through this um do you do like couples or is it just individual clients that you focus on i have done couples um i primarily focused on individual women right now uh, couples can be a little tricky. They're hard work. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I've, I've coached poly couples. Um, I've coached, you know, gay couples. I, you know, I've, I've done it. Um, but I, I tend to go through, you know, women just in general, uh, one-on-one now. What are the challenges that you face? Um, It's getting people to get comfortable with themselves talking about it. But I think I've been told the feedback that I get over and over is they, once we have a, a little conversation, that they feel very comfortable. I think that's my gift, to tell you the honest truth, because I'm really curious. I'm very open-minded and I'm curious about what makes people tick. So I find it fascinating and in a good way to like, wow, that's really cool. And people need that. They need to know that what they feel, um, what they sexually desire is okay, no matter what it is. As long as it's consensual and it doesn't hurt anybody, um, then go for it. Love that. 
you mentioned teaching your clients to communicate their needs, wants, and desires. Does that come easy with some, or does it seem to take a lot more time? You know, it'll depend where they are. Some of them really need a lot of conversation, and we take baby steps. You know, it might just be the thought of introducing a topic or researching a topic. Um, because we're all wired very different sexually. What turns me on, might, it might be totally turn off for you. So it's really getting in touch with yourself first. We, I noticed, and I tend to do it myself, we allow our partners, you know, especially the men in my life, excuse me, I tend to give them the power, like they know more about my body than me. And I'm always laughing because I'll be like, right there, right there. And then they're often running some other direction. I'm like, where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> I told you not to stop. <laughs> I don't care how much more clear I can be to keep you there. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> I told you I not mean, to stop. Yeah. So it's really just having the confidence and the courage because we don't want to hurt their feelings. Yes. But here we are. We're the ones being sexually unsatisfied because we don't want to hurt their feelings and um, not give direction. But I have to tell you, the men like direction. They they like being like, this is how I like this, you know, even though they tend to, you know, get find the next shiny object to go to. Um, <laughs> in general, they'll look for, they want to please you. And it doesn't always have to be done with words. It can be done with noises. It can be done with movement. Um, you know, I happen to be verbal. I like to speak during sex. I like to laugh. I'm yes. like, well, you gotta have, if you're not <laughs> laughing and playing during sex, it's not all so serious. I and agree. I find the other thing is everybody's so orgasm-focused. And I just take that off the table especially with a new partner. I just want to play. I want to have fun. I want to get to know you. All of that, the orgasm will happen. But in the beginning, just relax and have fun with each other. You know, and, and don't worry so much about the outcome. You know, I totally agree with that. So I've shared in past episodes, I've had um, some people that could multiple orgasm specifically females there's been some males well only like one or two honestly that i've been with that can do that um but for me i was having a challenge with it and you read books or you hear music and and um or you watch movies and this girl is just orgasming you know like you watch like a porn you know and, and there she is like oh she just squirted again you know two minutes ago <laughs> and she did the same thing and I was like struggling with that myself and, and, and it was something that um I was really kind of getting down about in some ways like how come I can't do what other women can do I couldn't do this squirting I couldn't do multiple orgasms and it's actually um recently actually so I was after after the breakup with my ex, who also was a co-host on this podcast, I went through what I consider, I call it a hope phase, but to me, I was doing my exploration. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
end. It was oh, fun. I love that phase. I went through that. That's a great phase. <laughs> it's pretty fun, right? <laughs> you learn a lot about yourself. You really do. And, you know, the thing is, like the way that you said, I was so busy focusing on making sure that he came, and I wasn't really focusing on myself. And then I, I would get down about the fact that I felt like, it, it's kind of strange, but I felt like in some ways that my orgasm was similar to, like, a male orgasm. Like, I couldn't go multiple times. I just had that big one, and then I was done. And uh, I actually had this experience with two men, and I was able to... So I had squirted with my ex before, but it wasn't an all... It wasn't, like, an every everyday kind of thing, you know? And I really had to be relaxed and having fun and in the moment. And when I had that experience last year with the two men, like since then, I've just been relaxed and I feel like it helped me explore my own body in a lot of ways. And now I can do the multiple orgasms and I'm like, oh, I see how these girls are feeling now. And to me, it wasn't so much focused on that. It's like the way that you said, I'm bringing it full circle because I was so focused on that. During that threesome, I was just having fun, and it just happened, you know? And then since then, I've been able to just get in that zone where I don't think about anything but the feeling itself of what's happening. And I don't worry my mind, because that's a thing, too. Sex is just as much mental as it is physical. And if I start thinking about, what am I going to do after this? (laughs) I'm hungry, you know, or I'm getting kind of thirsty. If I start thinking about things other than what my body's feeling, then it's pretty much off the table for me. But I've noticed that since then, I've been able to even, like, squirt, multiple orgasm. And it's not like a porn star exaggeration, you know, but it's good enough for me. (laughs) Well, you know, here's my thing. Comparison is the thief of joy. So I try very hard not to compare what other women can do and I can't do. I, it's, and I totally agree with everything you just said. It's really just enjoying the moment. And I think for women, because we have such big to-do lists in our heads, that we don't take the time to have pleasurable sex, to have quality sex. You know, it's not so much quality, it's the quality of your connection that you're having. Um, And I think the romance movies get it so wrong. They set us all up, men and women, for failure. And it's just so funny how Hollywood does romance. And it's not true. It's not how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) At all. But once I learned what you learned, and I let my body just, you know, I have yet to stay right with it in the moment because the minute you do think of other things to do, um, you're you're out of the moment and it's all lost. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can enjoy different things. It's, it's really practice. People think you meet a partner and you have great sex the first time. That's usually not the case. <laughs> it's usually, it, it, you have to build on it. I find. I do. I Well, that's been my experience for most, but it's actually been kind of um, strange because with the boyfriend that I have now, our first session, I don't know what it was, but it, it was really well. <laughs> like, I was able to like have the multiple orgasms, and that's 
not even my main focus. It was just like learning his body, what he likes, and okay, we're doing this the first time. But it actually went really well. But I've had the other experience as well where I'm like contemplating, like, do I want to try this again or not <laughs> with this person? Well, isn't that part of exploring, though? Yes, it Some is. things I've tried, and I'm like, oh, no. Other things, you know, when I started early, there were so many things I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. That's weird and creepy. And, and now I'm doing them, and I'm, like, laughing at myself because it was just, I was uneducated, uninformed, and I didn't know how it all worked. And it was through play and exploration that I was able to enjoy a lot more of the things that I wanted to explore with. And I always, and this is the other thing, when your partner tells you, they're brave enough to tell you they want to try something new, I always tell, you know, I've heard, because I've talked to a lot of men about this too, you know, I've talked to my partner and I want to try A, B, and C, and my partner will go, ooh. Why do you want to do that? And I tell women, I'm like, keep the ooh in your head. Don't, don't go ooh. You know, put the neutral face on. Even if you don't understand what they want, get curious and ask them, what is this about that turned you on? Start asking them questions. And maybe you don't have to try it then and there, of course, but you can educate yourself. You can have more conversations about it um and maybe down the road you might want to try whatever it is that they're asking of you but don't say no because it's a total turn off and then you shut down that part of them they're not coming again with anything new to you yeah i agree yeah that's just you basically cut off that communication it's so hard to get yes. feel comfortable with you i totally agree with right. that yes and, uh, you know, in the mind is the biggest sexual organ. When you can get turned on by the mind, you know, especially for women, men are very visual. They get turned on by you, your beauty, your body, your voice, what, who you are. They're already there. Women, we need a little bit more coaxing. You know, we want to, we want that emotional connection. We want that mental connection. Um, I would probably say with this current boyfriend you have, when the sex was really good for the two of you the first time, I bet you, you had some sort of mental connection with him, emotional yes. connection. Yes, I did. <laughs> that allowed that first sexual experience to be what it was for you. That was a big part of it. It really was. The mental and emotional was really what attracted me most to him, honestly. Not just the fact of, like, it, it didn't feel like that was his main conquest with me, so to speak. And here's the thing. I've been in that whole phase where I know what I want, and this is what I'm going to get, and this is where it's going to stay at, which is just sex. But with him, it was it was always more than that. And um, it's still a fresh relationship, so it, it's new, but we were on the same page like mentally and emotionally he would talk to me about what are your ambitions what are your fears what are your doubts you know trying to get to really know who i was inside so when we it basically correlated to to the sex and i we instantly had that connection you know but because you felt safe with him yes 
Yes, exactly. He so. felt very safe. He was in his masculine power. He was coming for, he wanted to know about you. He wants to keep you safe and he wants to protect you and nourish you. And he's interested in you. So that enabled you to go into your feminine power and let him guide you, let you could show him love, your softer side. And that's how it got good. I feel like I'm in a session right now with you. <laughs> yes, it was all the above. <laughs> that was a big and thing. And that's how it works. That's yeah. how it works. And then with my ex who I hosted the show with, I don't use this to bash, but I have mentioned it before because we went through a divorce and then we we went through a breakup. And that was my first whole phase, actually, was that one. Whole phase 1.0. And then we got back together after that and then had another kid but when we got back together we came back and we actually started the podcast and we came back together and um it was it was my idea about what I wanted to talk about so the whole vision was my vision but I wanted to open up about our our sex life because people were naturally curious like how do you go back to doing that after all the trauma and everything that you've been through but what I'm getting to um, with my ex is like we opened up too about how sex was during our marriage and it was kind of stale and routine at some points I did open up on honestly about that and had open communication on prior episodes that at some points it just felt really routine um, I felt like when I was first with him because I, I met him when I was 19 so I and he was the second person I ever had sex with um, so I felt like anything that I knew about sex was through him honestly and I always focused more on making him um feel great you know but I've never really focused too much on my own body and I, I realized through these two whole phases that I've gone through in my life like I really learned a lot about what I like and I used to put the male ego like I didn't want to damage that so I would fake sometimes you know I would fake an orgasm oh, yeah. just so they felt <laughs> okay. yeah 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 I understand that <laughs> you don't want to shatter that male ego that's a real thing they will get really hurt <laughs> yes because they're men are goal oriented they want to see the problem fix the problem so for them an orgasm is the end result of great sex for you. You, you know, an organ they've done their job thoroughly then. And, and I think sometimes with that goal in mind, they forget the playfulness. They forget the eroticism. They forget all the other things that go into it. And then it becomes mechanical. Yes. I, I can relate. <laughs> I've been there before. <laughs> And so for me, <laughs> for me, the biggest thing too was just, it's crazy because like, I felt like when I was younger, the whole need for sex was consistent. I, I spoke with um, my ex about that. We opened up about our sex life when he was on the show and we were having sex like almost every weekend. But like the way you said, it wasn't like, for me, now that I look back, it wasn't quite quality and it's not bashing him. It's, it was me. It was like. And it's not to protect them either, you know, it's just me realizing, you know, I never really knew my body then. I just wanted it often because it was new to me. That was my second boyfriend, um, a serious boyfriend, you know, and second lover. So I was all for just wherever we can do it, when.
she could do it. And I wasn't really focusing so much on, on my body and giving into um, what was pleasuring me, you know? Right. And now and, I am. And a lot of women go through that their entire lives. There are women that uh, haven't had orgasms and, uh, and they don't masturbate. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, you know, lady, lady, the only way to get to know yourself is what you like is you have to masturbate for me, I believe, and get to know yourself and what pleases you. And so you can go to the table, go to the bedroom more confident, like this is what this, how this needs to happen instead of being passive about it. I agree. I feel like if you can't touch yourself, how do you know how you want your partner to touch you? Exactly. Exactly. And you know, and how you learn what you like sexually, you don't know where to start. You can start with reading erotica. You can start with watching porn, you know, having conversations, seeing what really turned you on, what like, oh, that sparked my interest. And it's not you want to do everything. You know, that's what fantasies and fetishes are about. You know, fantasies can be just, you're, you know, you're fantasizing because this turns you on. doesn't mean you have to do it, but you can think about it. So there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways to start the process for yourself. But it really is, you know, you. You have to really be willing to go there, be uncomfortable, and learn about yourself. You know, I had... In my 40s, I I went through my whole phase. God, it was a great phase. Oh, it was so great. And I said to my therapist, I said to her at one point, I had started therapy in my early 40s because I just knew something was off. You know, I came from a, a dysfunctional childhood. It was, you know, it was really kind of a little bit rough. And, you know, I, I just wanted to put the pieces together. And I said to her, geez, I'm drinking, I'm whoring, what am I doing? She says, you want to know what you're doing? I says, yeah, I want to know what I'm doing. She goes, you're going through your teenage rebellion years. She says, you cannot skip phases of development. I said to her, she says, at least you're in your 40s, you're older and wiser. I said to her, oh, my God, this is great. <laughs> but I was always on top of getting screened for STDs. I felt like the clinic was tired of me. <laughs> Back again. Was, I remember I one don't. time being in Planned Parenthood, and I was getting ready to check out, and, you know, they have the whole bucket of um, condoms there. And it was very funny because in my head I'm running the scenario, oh, let me take a couple for myself because men don't, of my age, 40 and over, it's very hard to get them to wear condoms. It's like, oh, my God. And I said, oh, let me take some for myself. I'm like, oh, let me take a couple for my friend. Oh, this friend needs a couple. And I went back to the, the container like three times, and the woman behind me goes, do you need a bag? And I looked at her, and I go, oh. <laughs> I said, they're for me and my friend. <laughs> 
you it gotta have fun with it. You gotta have fun with it. <laughs> it has been hard for myself. I admit, I'm just as guilty. Um, yes. with having unprotected sex and I'm so glad honestly that I never caught anything and I was always proactive about going to the clinic like I say they were probably tired of me like here she is again I always wonder what they think like mm-hmm. okay what did she do this time <laughs> but then I'm also like okay you guys are here check me out make sure I'm okay but um, I would also make it a habit too to carry condoms in my purse so I did both I, I won't lie. I was just as protected as I was not. And yeah, I don't I agree. Yeah. I, you know, I definitely, um, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. But I did the same thing. I was, you know, I'm always tested and new partner. You start again with all yep. the testing. Let me yes. see yours. Here's mine. I actually and just they, did that with And they'll be like, oh. <laughs> It's crazy because that, too, is a conversation that people don't really want to have, you know, Um, just if they've been tested. And I've come across that a lot. And uh, this boyfriend that I have now actually showed me his test results before um, uh, I even had to ask him for anything, you know, and I showed him mine as well. And we were both clean. And um, it's been really helpful to have that open communication, that open mind. But even that is subject you know absolutely it absolutely is um i i totally well he's a keeper i have to tell you from (laughs) what i'm hearing you better keep this one this one keep him around a little bit because he sounds like he's got a lot going on with himself (laughs) thank you (laughs) i like what i'm hearing i really like what i'm hearing how you speak about him (laughs) oh thank you divorced mom of two and bringing somebody new into my life and just because I went through these home phases they didn't get to meet my kids or my family you know it just stayed at what it was and uh, well they don't need to exactly they there's certain certain relationships oh I can remember this one early on um after my husband passed I would have a friend and he would come over at night and at this point I didn't live next to my parents in my own home and he would come and go, come and go, come and go. And then my one of my sisters said to me, oh, mom and dad would like to meet him. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, it's not that kind of relationship. And that was the last I heard. They never asked again. They never asked again. They were like, oh, okay. You had your needs. I get the feeling. I know it. I was, you know, going through, we stayed divorced, but we got back together, and then here here I am again at point A. You know, actually, my brother, this is funny, my brother was locked up in prison um, when I graduated from, from the university that I went to, so I had gotten my bachelor's degree, and I, I would make visits to see him, and I was going through the divorce shortly after I, I graduated from the university and my brothers I have two of them um my brothers saw me grow basically like the way I told you like I didn't have those real like teenage rebellious years I was always like 
a good girl focused on school. There was like one guy that I had a crush on and I wrote him a letter, but then he just wanted sex. So that didn't happen. You know, I was just so like goal oriented with school and focused. And then religion, I grew up Catholics that played a major role. Like you shouldn't be doing this, you know, don't have sex until marriage. And, um, finally the relationship with my ex, basically we went through the divorce and my brother told me like, you're going to wild out now. Like he already knew. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, it's so true because I remember when in my forty phase, we would go to this club, and when the new meet walked in, we everybody would look like, "Oh, new meet, new meet." And it's true. It's just oh, they're you know single. They just got divorced. Whatever. <laughs> some women that that I've come across that have been really and it's not to put them down but it's just been more like well I never went through that and I never wanted to go through that and to me it's like by all means you you can live the way you want to live just don't judge the way that I'm living I I don't regret any of the phases in my life I feel like it's helped me evolve into the person that I am now you know yes I it really just had to happen the way it happened for me too and I've learned a lot and had a lot of fun um I, I don't know I just felt it was really the way I needed to do things so no I have no regrets about it either so bringing it back to your clients though so when they open up about their experiences and you see this like shift in them how how does that make you feel well it's nice to be a part of it you know it's nice that you I was able to help them start something new for themselves. So it gives me a little ego boost, you know. It gives my ego go, oh, yeah, you do, you know. Um, but I'm, I'm just happy for them, honestly, that they can explore and get to know themselves on a different level. So it's gratifying, yes. What keeps you passionate about what you do? Um, I'm a lifelong learner, so I believe there's something I can learn every day, and I do, uh, you know, I'm always reading, listening to podcasts, um, and seeing people have the results that they have, and, you know, the feedback is nice, that they've learned something, I've helped them, I've inspired them. So that's kind of what keeps me passionate about it, because I feel um, we all need a cheerleader in yes. our lives. And if I can be that for some, that's great. I love that. I agree. I feel like the world needs more of that. It's a tough place to be living these days. <laughs> yeah, it is really a tough place to be living, I have to honestly say. And, you know, I'm human, too. I... You know, I get knocked down just like the best of them. I go through my own hardships. But I know when I'm in those phases that I'm going to come out. You know, my level of discomfort is my level of growth. That's my saying for myself. So when I go through hard times, um, I know something really good is going to come out the other end. I agree. But I have to go through the time. I have to go through it and feel it. And process 
where I used to go awry was I stayed stuck a little too long. Um, so I don't have to now. I, I have the skills. I've learned and constantly learned new things to help me through my issues to become a better person. I like you. I totally agree with that. I feel like if you don't put yourself in an uncomfortable zone, you're never going to learn how to grow. I've actually learned that through journalism. I remember this professor would have us go out and interview random people around the campus. Like, we just had to come up with our own questions on the spot and just ask them. And, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable because, like, okay, this is weirdo just asking me a question, you know? And uh, it'd be like, okay, like, how long have you been studying here? What are you studying? And, uh, and it was just like one or two questions, like, you would have us fire at people, or, you know, I see that you went here, like, what do you like here? You know, what's your favorite item on the menu? And it was just that, that feeling. Because for me, it's funny that, like, I'm hosting a podcast, but I'm a very shy person. Uh, I'm so introverted. And, uh, okay, not with alcohol. <laughs> with alcohol, I'll go out and dance and mingle and everything. But I'm very, like, you know, I love music, dancing. Oh, that's not, like, my passion. That's my sister's. But I'm saying, like, I'm very playful, and depending on the atmosphere, but very shy when you first get to know me. So going through that uncomfortable spot of just going up and asking strangers questions, um, it, it kind of, it was an adrenaline thrill, honestly, for me. Like, whoa, I'm shy, but I'm going to do this because I have to do this. And and um, it, it really helped me to, to grow and it was just a little thing, but still, like, okay, now I know that I could, if I really had to, I could go and ask the questions that I need to this person that I don't know, you know, and, and that was kind and of what interesting, wanted that's what you're doing now. <laughs> it, it really where, is. <laughs> you know, if your professor didn't push you, where, you know, you wouldn't have the confidence now to do this. Yes, I agree, I agree, and it, uh, it all started in high school, the journalism things. This wasn't originally going to be my major, but I really liked that feeling of, like, going out to little events that my, my teacher at the time would have me do for the school paper, whether it was talking to people on the sports teams or a poetry event, because I really love poetry, so he had assigned me to this poetry event at, at our school. And little things like that gave me, like, this adrenaline rush, but it was fun, and I loved it, and I loved how I corresponded it to my writing. You know, like, once I wrote the article and I got these colorful quotes from people that I didn't even know before, and and that was, it, it kind of brought me here on this journey. <laughs> little things. Yeah, it's confidence building. I mean, it really is. When we, when we do these things, like, in my early 50s, I sold everything I owned and traveled the world for a couple of years. And I put myself in situations, I mean, the whole journey was one big uncomfortable situation where I constantly, I was in countries I couldn't speak the language, I had to get my point of view across, I had to learn when to talk, not to talk, you know, where I was safe, where I was unsafe, I had to learn. Uh, it was so challenging to do this. But it gave me such confidence to do it. It was just really confidence building and problem solving. And I mean, it was really very interesting process what I learned from the whole thing. I had it, I made a journal. I've never read the journal again. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go back and read my journal. I'm afraid to go back and read where I was at with it all. 
but this on. is how we grow as people is we just step out step out and become uncomfortable and that's why you know this is it's taken me a couple years to make my focus about sex i've always wanted to talk about sex but i had to become confident i had to step into it and go you know what i'm just going to do this i'm having too many conversations one-on-one i'm going to go there must be a place for me to have a bigger message about this and just like i became a massage therapist 25 years ago when it was very unpopular and nobody knew about it everybody related it to sex and i had to educate people about massage this is what i'm doing again with my career but now i have the confidence i have more confidence to do it that's beautiful i love yeah. that speaking of your career are there any upcoming future projects or endeavors that you're trying to embark on it's funny you should say that i when I was doing massage, I always taught a couple's massage class, and I loved it. I would watch the couple bond, I would watch them, and they had no idea what was happening, but I could see the connection becoming stronger with them, and it was really a fun process. So I said to myself, I'm going to do that, but I also want to take it a, a little bit further and have erotic massage. That I didn't do. I just did regular massage with them. But I just want to add a little bit more bonus and add a vulva massage and penis massage to it. And um, I'm excited for that project. It's coming. I love that. I love that. Yes. And then I want to, I'm in the process of writing a little guidebook. Nothing fancy, just simple um, about erotic play. You know, what, how to start it, what. You know, some guidelines, how to do it safely, depending where where on the spectrum you are on all of that. So that's my my two big projects coming up that I'm working on. That is awesome. I'm wishing you the best on that. I feel like Thank you. that's going to open up a lot of doors for people. I really do. Yes, I, I think it, I'm, I'm excited. I think it will. Uh, they can do the privacy of their own home. And watch their connection be built on a deeper level so i'm excited for that i do want to ask where can you be reached at my website is aconfidentialconversation.com and where all my information is very awesome and um i do want to take the time to thank you for coming on to hush being a guest i really enjoyed our conversation (laughs) with the laughs and the insight it's been beautiful It was my pleasure. Thank you, Kim, for having me. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today for another special edition of Hush. You can find us on thehushpodcast.com, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Red Dragons Radio, any Alexa-enabled devices, and all other major platforms. Also, make sure to visit me on Instagram and Twitter at hushpodcast69.